Running Light Ministry Podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. You can support these podcasts by making a gift to the ministries at runninglight.org. This is going to be podcast number 79, Dealing with the Gym. (laughs) (laughs) What a cool podcast name. (laughs) Dealing with the gym, man. It's the gym. It's the problem we all have. <laughs> it's like right. we can't get away from nothing. <laughs> the world, dude. The world is everywhere, I know. Hey, guys, welcome to the podcast. This is the Better Pleasure podcast, and the better pleasure we always talk about is Jesus being a better pleasure than um, the sexual immorality of the world. And we are with Running Light Ministries, a ministries based out of Tucson, Arizona. And uh, where we have groups, and we love to talk about these subjects and get into the Word. I don't even have my Bible, man. I'm not even prepared <laughs> for this podcast. <laughs> but uh, um, we've had a pretty cool uh, month in Running Light. We had our first uh, Women's Beauty for Ashes retreat, which is our wife's group had a retreat. And they had a great time up in uh, the Prescott Mountains. Uh, just had a great time. Uh, it was a... Wonderful small group. Um, Bethany headed it up, um, but our our um, uh, counselor Lisa Keller was up there, and I think even Debbie might have went. Um, she did, yeah. Uh, so so really, cool. the whole leadership crew, um, pretty much practically the women's cr- group, went up there, yeah. which was really fun. And um, and then we just got done cutting commercials. Yeah, <laughs> that was cool. That would be awesome. Yeah, when they air. When are they going to air? I don't even know, man. You don't know? I guess I should know. You should, dude. Your parents (laughs) are the ones that are running the show. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, it's going to start airing Monday. Oh, cool. On Good News Communication. Very cool, man. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. So it'll it'll be uh, two uh, radio spots on uh, a couple of the stations out here, and they will be geared, one of them, for wives and the other one for those that struggle with uh, issues like pornography <coughs> and infidelity. So uh, whether you're a male or a female, so um, there's that too. Hmm. You know, which is cool. And me and Peter are, are really busy in uh, our Salvation Eight Army group, where we get to hang out with about 80 dudes every week and just <coughs> teach a class. And right now we're on the glory of God. Yeah. And it's taken a long time. It is. Like Which it should. Because <laughs> no, it's the glory of God, man. Because <laughs> it is the glory of God. <laughs> it should be a big topic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is a big topic, that's for sure. Um, yeah, there's a lot of big topics out there now, you know. Um, we got a call from a minister out in Colorado. So that might be something we get to do at yeah. some point is get out there. Who knows? You know, there's like I was telling that that minister is that there's so many good ministries that do their thing. Um, uh, me and you certainly have some different convictions in other in other ways. People can listen to our podcast and they kind of get a good view of kind of what me and you think about a lot of things. Yeah. Um, my wife asked me a cool question the other day. She goes, hey, I wonder if people like when they're teaching uh, like um, or when they're talking about sex addiction, do they also talk about like King David being a sex addict? And do they also put biblical characters in that frame? Mm. And I don't know if I've ever heard anybody quite put it like that. Have you? No. No? Because it's David, man. 
he's like he's, he's awesome dude. he's a man after god's own heart so that means he didn't sin he didn't have issues you know <laughs> <laughs> me and my actually it's funny me and my wife were talking about the same thing because we were watching that show escaping polygamy uh-huh and uh it's a good show by the way you know it's about the uh it's about these different LDS um, sects that are up in uh, Utah area that still endorse polygamy, like the fundamentalist Latter-day Saints run by Warren Jeffs. Right. Um, and they, they come out of the uh, the Kingston clan, uh, which is out in Salt Lake City. Yeah. And uh, they, they do a really good job of going through um, how evil, like how messed up polygamy is and like what it does to women and what it does to children and how it just screws with people. And we were watching it. We're thinking about how like bad it is. And we were just talking. We're like, man, like, isn't it crazy that King David was like a worse polygamist <laughs> than like all these people? <laughs> yeah. Know? Like, cause like the worst dude on that show, you know, and these are real people, obviously it's a real, it's a, it's a, uh, what should we call it? Real reality TV show. Um, but <laughs> <Get> <laughs> like spit it out, split, Peter. Slip my mind. <laughs> but you know, like the worst dude in that show, I think he had like something like 15 wives. Uh, which is pretty nuts, but it's like David had way more than that. You know, David yeah, had 20 something. Yeah. He had 20 something. And he had, uh, you know, a bunch of concubines on top of that. Yeah. You know, which like in their, in their culture, actually, technically they only have one wife and they have multiple concubines because it's illegal in the United States to marry multiple women. So what they do is they marry one woman and then they basically have concubines. They basically just have girls that they impregnate and they don't really live with them and those are kind of like their their wives quote unquote but not really mm -hmm. so like david had tons of those and he had um many many more wives so it it is radical to think that like dude david was like a worse a worse dude than these guys you know in a lot of ways yeah so our last i remember our last last podcast we talked a little bit about interpretation how sometimes as ministers um, we kind of fail to maybe look at those little things that uh, we, we tend to, we might look at someone in the congregation and we might say, hey, you know, or in a counseling and go, hey, label someone a porn addict. And we are so quick to do that today mm -hmm. where, um, and me and you have difficulties with that kind of labeling um, of, of people to be so quick to call someone a porn addict um, or a sex addict. Um, but a lot of times when we're teaching Proverbs, you know, we, nev we never say the obvious thing, um, you know, and that is, that is that the guy who wrote this um, could very well be the same or worse sex addict Much worse. Uh, than the person that you're counseling with. Dude, I, I wish, you know, like so it would be so good if Solomon only viewed a bunch of porn, you know, <laughs> he would have been a much better off if he was just viewing a ton of porn compared to what he we, actually did with his sexuality. Yeah. I mean, so, so true there. So there's a lot of things that uh, our last podcast we we end up talking about. Uh, this one was this one's great. I thought this was more practical, a little lighter for people too. Um, <laughs> so many times, me and Peter get right down in there and <laughs> stir up the pot a little bit, and uh, and uh, so you guys, every, anybody could check out our podcast for those things. But I thought, you know, talking about the gym, I thought would be cool because, you know, <laughs> we've been doing groups for a long time. I yeah. mean, for years and years and years, and and there's always those conversations where people come in, they just go, man, I can't get rid i can't get out of this no matter where i go you know and and um you know and, and they they go to the gym and and what are you know you you go to a gym mm -hmm. i mean um i i don't go to a gym anymore not for those reasons actually but um um i can talk about kind of what i do but uh, you know you still hit a gym 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what gym are you attending? I go to LA Fitness. Okay, so you're part of a big gym, man. A lot of people, a lot of young people go to that gym because it's awesomely cheap for what you get. Yeah. No, it's a good deal for sure. Yeah. I'm not trying to endorse LA Fitness though on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> They're not paying me. That's this right. is not sponsored right. by Don't LA do Fitness. That. Don't do that. But you know, when we look at the word of God and it tells us to, you know, flee youthful lust and it tells us to let there not be a hint of sexual immorality, um, make a covenant with your eyes, the book of Job. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all these wonderful passages that give us the ideal of what God intended for us as human beings to to live like with him. Yeah. Um, um, you know, how did it, how did it, how can how does that work at the gym? So I mean, uh it's funny, me and me and my wife were actually talking about this not too long ago where um we have we have someone in our in our lives that was recently underwent like this kind of like sexual harassment thing at work. Mm-hmm. And uh someone from the church obviously <laughs> said, uh, well, you know, that probably happened to you because you were wearing the clothes that you wear. You know, and, and she just kinda threw that one out there. And, you know, me and my wife were talking about that because we just like that kind of talk just like really frustrates us when we hear that because what it insinuates. What's those younger generation, man? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What it insinuates is that there is nothing wrong with my heart. What's wrong is what that girl's wearing. And so, in other words, what it insinuates is if all women dressed modestly, I would no longer have a struggle with lust. Right. And we hear me and Bo hear this all the time because a lot of the different uh, ministries out there that deal with porn, their main agenda is to destroy porn, is to completely annihilate it. And our point is like, hey, like if porn stopped being a thing, that'd be great. You know, <laughs> like me and Bo would definitely like, you know, we're like, that, we're that's awesome. It. We're all for it. Yeah. But the en- at the end of the day, like we understand that if you destroy porn, the real issue still remains. And the real issue is the human heart. Like Jesus didn't come to set up a better social system, you know, and that's the thing that a lot of times we miss as Christians is that Jesus, a lot of the disciples thought that that's what he came to do, to set up a better society. Jesus came to deal with the human heart. That was what his first coming was and, all about. And really what's radical, I want to cut you off real quick, yeah. um, is that even when Jesus does come and set up a, a total great social system in what we call the millennial kingdom, we still see something happen at the end of that kingdom. That's right. And that, that, and that is a huge rebellion. That's right. So even with the perfect social system, it says that for a thousand years where there is no injustice and everything is perfect and God, Jesus is the king of this new kingdom, um, the, a revolt happens at the end. And it says that the people that come to try to destroy the kingdom of God will be more than the sand of the seashore. So this isn't like some minor rebellion. This is a massive rejection mm-hmm. of the the judgment of God. So um, the issue is, is that what the Bible is always trying to tell us is the issue isn't society. The issue isn't the government. The issue is the human heart. The human heart has to be changed. And uh, I always talk to Bo about this uh, because when I went over to Afghanistan, I encountered a culture and society that had that mentality, meaning Islam is a society is a cultural um, practice that basically believes that the issue with lust is firmly planted on women. Meaning that if a man lusts or if a man rapes a woman or if a man sexually harasses a woman or if a man is tempted to stray from his marriage, it's the responsibility of that rests firmly on the woman and not the man. And so the way that they've dealt with their lust, the way that they've bridled their lust in that society is they've forced women 
to dress in basically bags. You know, they, they have these huge uh, burkas that basically you can't see their form. They wear a veil so you can't see their face. Mm-hmm. You know, they cover everything, every square inch of them. And when I was over there, you know, I always joke with people that like I would. <laughs> <laughs> I'm covering myself. You cover up, man. <laughs> Don't want to incite some lust. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but like when I was over there, you know, I, me and my friends would find ourselves fantasizing about these women, you know. So even though we couldn't see their face, even though we couldn't see their bodies, we would still be fantasizing about what we thought they looked like underneath. And what I realized in those moments is it's like, hey, the, the, the issue is not with my society. The issue isn't with porn. The issue isn't with the Internet. The issue isn't with what women are wearing today. The issue is with my heart, that all women could be wearing completely modest things, that all Internet could be totally sanitized and have no amount of lustful uh, images on there. And which, heart, which that word right there, that, that's very difficult. Try to, try, to, try to wrap your brain about what exactly is that. Yeah. No images whatsoever. Yes. <laughs> You're like, no <laughs> lustful images. Okay, what is that in our society? Let me try to think through that. <laughs> like, what is it? What would that really look like? Um, because, you know, to what, you know, it's such a relative term, yeah. uh, right? Yeah. What is lustful to me is not lustful to you. That's right. Uh, right? And, and if there's anything modern porn shows is that there is a smorgasbord of... <laughs> of Pete things of, of lustful sexual behaviors. Half of it is not even close to, um, attractive to the audience. Right. Uh, maybe even 80% right. Is not attractive. Right. But yet 20% is right. And, uh, you know, most people don't go to porn sites and just be like, yeah, and click like every single <laughs> genre in, in category. Yeah. Um, um, so, and when we even take it down out of the quote pornography realm and we just went like, okay, how about, how about, you know, swimsuits? Yeah. You know, should we take that out? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, Bo. Unless they're <laughs> One Piece. <laughs> <laughs> well, how but about One funny. Piece? Yeah, I know, because even One Piece could be pretty, pretty awesome. You know, <laughs> that's right. Pretty risky. <laughs> pretty risque. You know. You know, when I when I think about that, you know, I, when I talk to my buddies, you know, if you've seen a ton of porn, which I have, and a lot of my friends have as well, and I, I say that with uh, uh, definitely a lot of shame, but you know, I have seen a lot, and you see naked, like naked bodies all the time. You almost get to the place where you get kind of tired of it and you almost want to see people with clothes. I mean, you get to the place where you see so much nudity that it becomes like, you know, you see a naked person. And you're like, yeah, I've seen that, you know, and it doesn't really do nothing. Yeah. Well, and you know, even I mean, I can relate to that because I remember even in, in, you know, before knowing Christ, um, I, you know, I definitely my moments in Southern California where uh, when me and Sylvia um, were a big part of the underground rave scene. Um, in Los Angeles, you know, we were around so much of that, so much uh, sensuality that was, of course, distorted. Mm-hmm. And part of that distortion was new dancing and stuff like that. And uh, um, and hanging out with those people, even off set, you know, when things weren't happening um, and, and they still didn't wear clothes. I remember people, even people the most, like, the people that were the drug addicts and the people that were, like, 
totally into sex and stuff, they were the ones that were like, oh, hey, can you put on some clothes? I remember they would comment, yeah. you know, and, and say things like that. Yeah. You know, they were they were kind of like, ah, oh, too much. You just man. get inundated by so much nudity yeah. that you just you want to see clothes. And it's it's crazy because almost like it becomes to the point where clothes become more seductive than nudity. Because you're almost and that's like, how it was when you were in the military. That's right. Where it's almost like you want the mystery because then you could fantasize a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can you can kind of go those steps. So, um, my my whole is that point, what was up with Jacob? Like Jacob ha- with his wives? You know, they were like covered. He didn't know who they were. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it must have been seductive to him. You know, yeah. they were like all covered up. And that he's like he's into that. You know, and yeah. it's, it is interesting where you know there are some men who like you know and, and if you watch some pornography. You know, it's it's sometimes in some porn, the women doesn't even get naked like they keep their clothes on in Mm. in the act of sex. And I think the reason for that is because there is something to to be said about that. Yeah. Um, But, you know, the the whole point and what we're saying right now, what we're getting at is the issue is not with women. The issue is with the human heart. So, you know, it, it always makes me sick when. You know, there's this idea and this is this is straight out of Islam. You know, if a woman gets raped in Islam, the idea is that she must have worn something or done something to put that on herself, you know, because the man, that's not his fault. You know, like she brought it on herself by uncovering some, her face, some kind of lustful or, action. you know, doing something like that. And, and it breaks my heart when I hear some similar verbiage coming out of the church where if a woman gets raped or sexually harassed or something like that, there's this idea of like, oh, well, she put herself in that circumstance. She must have been wearing something to to bring that about. She must have been doing something. It's like, hey, maybe there's something to be said about what she was doing or what she was wearing, but ultimately the only person who could have stopped that from happening is the man, meaning that the the man's heart is what brought about the lust, not what the woman was wearing. Hmm. So, you know, even uh, in, in what me and Bo talk about a lot with context, where... You know, I, I put this to one man once. I was like, is it porn if a woman uh, tonight gets in the shower and, and, and bathes, you know, showers herself? And he's like, no. I was like, what if someone videotapes that and puts that on the Internet? Is it porn now? And he's like, yeah. I was like, well, what changed? Did the action change or did the audience change? And he said the audience changed. And I was like, that's the point. The issue isn't with the action. The issue is with the heart, with the person that's viewing that. In the same way, it's like if a woman is, you know, presumably around other heterosexual women in a locker room at a gym and she's naked or she's in whatever and she's showering, it's like there's no lust there, right? There's no lust there because no one is attracted to that. They're mm-hmm. just they're just showering. But if I put a, a heterosexual man in there or a homosexual woman in there, lust has then entered in. Why? It's because of the heart, not by not because of the action. Or to put it another way, if... If a married couple goes home and has sex tonight, is that porn? The answer is no. But if someone then uploads that to the internet, it becomes porn. Right. It's like, what happened? Well, it's not the action, meaning it's it's not like porn is some sort of a weird sex act. You know, porn is simply sex. It's just sex that is now produced for people to view yeah and so many, and, and what we always try to do is help people understand that there's the there's these stereotypes that people have so they say like oh porn is blah and they and they kind of they cut it like one way yeah where we have to realize that you know most of the porn online is amateur porn anyway right so it's not you know amateur meaning it's not pro porn you know this is under uh, under the pro radar right. of porn it's people that are uploading their sexual lives right you know, 
Um, you know, so what makes that wrong? What makes it bad? You might have a Christian husband and wife who who are having sex. They need money, so they uh, and this is really odd to people to think of, but people today do this. They right. uh, then they upload their video, <laughs> and and people watch it. And people do. There's there's these sites that you can get on that people pay, you know, to watch this stuff, and and um, you know, and and it's sad because the the there, there's a, a motivation. Hmm. If someone's motivated, meaning if the sexual act is, if the motivation is to make money by recording it and uploading it onto the thing, or to upload it, or to be viewed by someone other than your spouse, hmm. you know, and and you know, then obviously the Christian ethic would say, no, that is something to be private. That's right. some, that's that's the issue. Um, so when I look at m- when we start talking about pornography, um, you you might have people in porn that are married, right? You might uh, quote meaning people that these amateur people that are recording themselves. Right. They're married people. They're in monogamous relationships. You can't just look at pornography today and go like, dude, that that person sleeps with everybody, or right. that person da 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 da. That's I mean, yes, that does happen, but it doesn't always happen. Right. You know, there's many different things. You know, many people are utilizing the Internet for various reasons, um, whether they're in monogamous relationships or whether they're in um, polyandry, whatever it is, you know. (laughs) So anyway, get to the main point you were getting (laughs) before I catch up. No, no, no. And those are great points because, you know, because we've distorted the view. Um, we've we've muddled the issue, meaning that we are painting with a broad brush, and we're we're missing the point of what is wrong with porn. Well, what's wrong with porn is the human heart, right? It goes back to Titus chapter one, where Paul says, "To the pure, all things are pure, but to the impure and the defiled and the unbelieving, nothing is pure." Meaning that if I have someone who really is godly, who really is someone who's totally pure in all ways, they could see nudity and not be stumbled meaning that they would have such a purity of heart that they would not envy or lust after someone else. And what's interesting in is way. the disciples of Christ in John chapter 4 really had really really kind of were taken by what you're saying because they thought, "Man, there's no way you can hang out with a woman right. like one-on-one." That no. that is just ridiculous. That, that Jesus that Jesus did that. No right? leader should do that in yeah. the church. And and no church leader should ever hang out with a woman. Da 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 should hang out with a woman. Um, so women in the church should never, ever have any kind of any kind of good relationship with males in the church. Right. Is that what we're communicating? Right. And that's what that is what people <laughs> are communicating. Because that's what sad. we've been communicating for years. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and what I what me and Bo always talk about is like what that does is it puts the issue on the woman's shoulders. That's right. And it removes it from the man. So, for instance, if I come up to a girl in the in the church today and let's say she's wearing what most young teenage girls wear you know let's say she's wearing shorts and she's wearing a tank top or something like that and uh, she's showing a little skin and I come up to her and I say something like this because ministers say this a all little the time. skin a little a lot of skin <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and I come up to her and I say hey you're, you're stumbling people in the church by wearing that now what I've just conveyed to that girl whether I know it or not is I'm saying everyone in this church is pure until you walked in here right they were all walking with God, <laughs> no lust whatsoever. <laughs> then you came in here wearing your short shorts, and now everybody stumbled because of you. 
right? Mm-hmm. And I've just put the, all that blame on her shoulders. When the reality, it's like if I'm conveying that to a girl, I should at least be honest. I'd be like, look, like you're not the issue. The heart, the heart of man is the issue. Yeah. And because of the heart of man is impure, it is defiled. Maybe you shouldn't wear something that shows something like that. But yeah. it's not your and issue. I, and I've always, I've always tr- try to put it this way with church leaders: is that it, 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 if you, if you struggle with, if, if you don't want to talk to that girl, then it's better for you to say to her, "Hey, you know what? I, 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 I don't want to lust after you, yeah. and I potentially could lust after you. So it's better that you're with uh, a girl." Right. See, that puts it on me. Right. As a male counseling, yeah, yeah, that puts it a, a, as me. Like that's that it's me. Right. I want to make sure that I <laughs> don't fall into this area. Which again, like I usually hear it the other way, where a pastor will say something like, "Well, you know, women lust emotionally, so if I counsel you, you'll probably just be into me." You know, because we're talking lust. about something. Right, we're talking about spiritual things, and you're going to be into me. And the issue is like, could that happen? Yeah, but ultimately the issue isn't the conversation. The issue isn't the ministry. The issue isn't the counseling. The issue is my heart and your heart. We're defiled, we're impure. And so boundaries must exist, but those boundaries only exist because of our impurity. Or let me give you another example. Um, When me and my wife were dating, we heard a lot of talk about what is okay and what's not okay in the dating realm. And you know, we hear, hear these ministers or whatever talking about, you know, when me and my... Uh, girlfriend we're dating you know now wife we only side hugged you know and we we only side hugged and we only kissed at the altar that was it and you know hey if that's if that's your testimony that's awesome it's beautiful but here's my point when you put that on everybody else what you're essentially saying is this is the only way that you can date uh otherwise you'll have sex and the issue is like did me and my wife had boundaries when we were dating absolutely but those boundaries existed because there's something wrong with me Right. There's something defiled in me that would move, that would take advantage, that couldn't control myself. Meaning a lot of times when we say stuff like that, we almost say it as a badge of righteousness of like, I didn't do that because I'm awesome. And when reality, I should be saying I didn't do that because I suck. Right. There's one. There's a way to lead that exalts the minister. And there's a way to lead to humble us, (laughs) you know, and. You know, the hard the hard thing is to lead as a minister and to walk in that humility. Right. To say, you know, that I have I have the issue in me. Right. Um, I that respond that that resounds so much with me. I remember going to Sylvia when I, I kept having intimacy with her when we were dating before we were married. And I I said to her, um, I need to move away and and instead of saying, hey, it's because this isn't working or, you know, we keep having sex or these type of things, I said, you know what? I, <laughs> me, I cannot control myself. Right. You know, this is me. And um, and I need to be a better leader. I need to learn how to be a better man. Right. And, um, and I care for you, and that's why I got to go. Um, even though it was hard on her, for sure, for me leaving, um, but I, I, that point of is, am I in my leadership? Am I taking the responsibility that I need to take? Mm. Um, you know, or, uh, or am I not? Am I, you know, I think a lot of times we do put that pressure on the female right? and by the way she dresses or 
by saying, hey, um, again, um, you know, I, I don't counsel because, you know, I don't want, you know, there to be any kind of thing. I don't want any potential, um, you know, infidelity going on or anything like that. Well, yeah, that's true, but why? Yeah, why? You didn't say why. Yeah. Um, because my heart, the next step would be because my heart is a defiled heart. Right. And And that's why. Yeah. You know. And so taking that to the gym is like if I if I am at a state in my walk with God where going to the gym is going to just really derail me. Like maybe let's say let's say my main issue is hooking up with people and the gym has been my hookup spot. Don't you know? go. Then I shouldn't go. <laughs> Don't go. But to the, the gym. issue <laughs> the problem is is that I need to convey it that way of like the issue isn't the gym. Right. The issue isn't the women at the gym. The issue is me. See, some people would some people would gain a freedom. Like, they'll gain a freedom. Say they, they stop going to the gym. They gain a freedom. Mm-hmm. And then they, then they look at everybody else who goes to the gym, and they say, hey, man, you shouldn't be going to the gym. Right. See, right. I stopped going to the gym, and now I'm not doing what I was doing before. Right. You shouldn't be going to the gym. What's wrong with that? It's because you're putting your defilement on other people. So meaning I'm assuming that you're just as defiled as I am when that's not, maybe not true. Um, you know, like Romans 14 is a good place that talks about that. And Paul's specifically talking about meat sacrificed to idols. But he says, man, if you could eat meat sacrificed to idols and you know that everything's from God and there's no such thing as an idol and you go into your friend's house and they're cooking up some meat and you think maybe it's maybe it's sacrificed to an idol, maybe it's not. And he's like, for conscience sake, just don't ask. And he's like, if that if that's okay with you and that's where you're at in your spiritual walk, then fine, eat it, right? But don't put your purity on someone else. Meaning if someone's coming out of idolatry and they're like so jacked that every single time they eat meat, they think about idolatry and they have, they have a potential to stumble back into their old lifestyle because you're eating meat around them. He's like, then don't eat meat around people, you know, like keep it to yourself. Like don't, don't put your purity on them because you might mess them up. But he's like on the same token, don't put your impurity on people. So if you're in a state where like if you eat meat, like you're going to go back to idolatry, then don't assume that everyone who eats meat must be worshiping those idols. And so you can take that same principle and apply it to everything. Like if I'm in a state of my life, like for myself, I'll use me as an example. I'm in a state of my life where I don't really have Internet in my house. The only Internet that I receive is through my wife's phone. Right. My phone doesn't get Internet. I don't I just don't have it now. I don't do that because I'm awesome. I do that because I am really, really weak. I'm so weak that if I had unfiltered internet at my fingertips at all times, I wouldn't fall all the time, but there would be that temptation, that pressure on me all the time where I know I could go to this site. I could do the, I could do this. And because I don't want that, I amputated that. I took that out of my life to help me in my walk with God. But it would be wrong for me to go to someone else and be like, hey, you have unfiltered internet? Dude, that's wrong. You know, there's porn on the internet. You know that, right? Yeah. And you can go there and that's no oh man, you like you need to get rid of that stat. You know, like if I do that, I'm messing with their walk with God because maybe that doesn't defile them. Maybe they don't even look at porn. Maybe that's not their issue. You know, and so they they have unfiltered internet, and it doesn't even phase them, right? But it phases me because I'm defiled. Yeah. Right? And what it does is it produces in us a worse sin. Right. Right? So it produces in us a self-righteousness. So the person who doesn't go to the gym anymore and who's saying to the people who go to the gym, man, you guys shouldn't be going to the gym, it, it produced an- another sin in them, meaning it really didn't tr- produce freedom. Right. It produced bondage. 
Right. You know, an arrogance, an arrogance and a pride um, and a self-righteousness that C.S. Lewis talked about as being mm, quite, quite difficult, diabolical, he said. Right. right? right. So um, so what are some other th- situations that that you think about Jim right. besides, you know, if someone who struggles a lot with hooking up? Because right. uh, I think that's definitely something we needed to say, but it seems obvious, but certainly <laughs> something that needs to be said. So I mean another and, and this is the thing about the gym. You know, I like like Bo said, I do go to the gym a lot and I am I'm there. And to be honest, I mean every now and then you'll get the a, a woman who's there in like a sports bar or something like that, but I don't think I've really seen anything at like inappropriate in the gym that you wouldn't see at the mall. Yeah. Um or even at the mall, you know, at the mall sometimes I see girls just walking around in, in like a bra. You know, and and, like, and, it, and a lot of it yeah. a lot of it is contextual and yeah. and um and generational right and i guess what i mean by that is contextual in the sense that i grew up by the by a beach and i grew up i lived in hawaii lived in southern cal um and you know when you're around the beach a lot i i mean you're around all kinds of people that are showing almost everything you know all skin right. i mean you're seeing very very little clothes right and i never really thought much about it yeah you know i never really thought much about it at all um, I never went like, oh, wow, you know, and just fixated on, you know, maybe because I've been, ar- I was around it most of my upbringing right. and, um, and my generation just deemed it normal and your generation deems certain things normal. Like we have a lot of guys that are older that go, man, those yoga pants, yeah. <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> those dang yoga pants, those yoga pants. I would be totally sexually pure if it wasn't <laughs> for those things. <laughs> you know, but, but that's, yeah. that's a big thing. And, and right. like, but your generation, cause you're a lot younger than me, man. And, um, like much younger, <laughs> much younger. <laughs> like, like right. way, <laughs> way, way younger. Let's not go yeah. into that right <laughs> now. But, <laughs> but no, dude, like when you, when you go into the gym, like, and obviously, as you said, the, there's, there's different standards for what is modest and what is immodest, depending on your generation and your culture. So like in my generation, you know, it is normal for, for girls to wear like very, very short shorts. Um, or even, like I said, I go to the U of A sometimes and they're wearing, they're just wearing a bra. Like that's like, that's okay in our culture, which kind of like blows me away a little bit, but like it's just, it just is. And my, my whole point is that like, again, when I go into the world, when I go into the world, I realize this is the culture that I live in and I am called to engage in my culture. So my options are, I could either move to Alaska or, you know, like Canada or something, someplace where it's always cold and people have to bundle up. Um, in which case my lust would still be there cause my heart is wicked and impure. And I'm going to use the image of women to gratify my own satisfaction, no matter what. Um, so if I want to engage with my culture and I want to deal with my issue, th- it begins in the heart. So when I go into the gym and, or anywhere, if I go to the U of A campus, if I go into the mall and I realize there's going to be things in here, there's going to be people in here who are going to be beautiful and it's not their fault. It's not their fault that they're pretty. It's not their fault that they're, they're, they're doing the things that they're doing. The Bible speaks of beauty. That's right. The Bible speaks about many women and men who are very attractive. And uh, the issue is that, once again, them being attractive is not a sin. The sin is in my heart. And so if I'm going to engage, I need to realize God needs to deal with my heart. So I'm going to go in there and understand, like, if I'm stumbled, it's not because the gym. It's not because these people. It's because of my own heart. And that's what needs to be dealt with before God. And so I, I need to pray, like, God... 
help me to see these women in purity. Like help me to see them um, as sisters. You know, help me to see them in, in a way where I'm not defiling them with me, like not with my heart and fantasizing about them and um, doing things like that and lusting after them and wanting to, to flirt with them and wanting to do those things. Like that's something that happens in my own heart. It doesn't happen. Even before you hit the gym. Right. It ne- it's something that I need to do before I even hit the gym. I need to be always praying that and talking about that. And like I said, even if you're a dude who, who realizes like I can't go to the gym because like I, I struggle there. Well, guess what? You still got to deal with your heart. Amputation, we always tell this to men, amputation is a, is a great step, but it's a half step. It's a half measure. Meaning that amputation gets me to the place where I realize I'm too weak to deal with this. So I'm getting it out of my life so that I can grow in Christ. But it's so that I can grow in Christ. It's so that I can deal with the issue. So I can deal with my heart issue. I'm too weak to fight right now. That's why Hebrews, 11, uh, Hebrews 12, the verse that our ministry is based off of. It says, throw off all the sin and the weight that so easily ensnares you and run the race with endurance, looking unto Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. What's that, what's that passage telling you to do? It's saying, whatever is a weight in your pursuit of God, get rid of it. But why are you getting rid of it? To better pursue God. You're not getting rid of it just to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. You're not getting rid of it to run away from your sin. You're getting rid of it to pursue purity in Christ. That's what you're seeking. Um, and, and so I always need to remember that in my own walk with God, that it's like I need to be constantly engaging um, with people, but I'm engaging with my own heart. I'm not, uh, I'm not saying, like, I need to pull myself out of the culture. I need to, my heart needs to change. And as my heart changes, and if, if enough people are Christians and their heart changes, culture will change as a result. But ultimately, the main thing that needs to change is my own heart. Yeah. Um, one of our online listeners said, uh, well, I personally think uh, we shouldn't go crazy when showing skin. They appreciate the outlook that yeah. you're giving, you know. Um, yeah. You know, I want to give another um, another kind of uh, maybe strategy um, to utilize at the gym, <laughs> you know, and, and this is not for everybody. And again, if you're, this is not for the person who goes to the gym to scam on people to hook up, right? That that's not for this person. Um, but this is for the person who, who just has that, that eye that tends to bounce around in, and the, the brain starts kind of, you know, uh, getting aroused, you know, that titillation that comes, you know, going, goes on in the mind. And, and, and it might be something like this too. Like, this is how context helps you in these situations, especially at the gym is when you get to know somebody, um, more in a personal way, then you start seeing things in a different context. So if, if I'm working out and I'm pumping iron, I'm over here, <laughs> I'm looking at myself all, yeah, yeah. But then really what I'm doing is I'm looking in the mirror, you know, and I'm seeing that person over there in the mirror and I'm just standing there going, oh, there, there she is, you know, and, and, you know, I'm looking at her and, and I'm, but I'm looking there too, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just bouncing, bouncing my <laughs> eyes, you know, doing that kind of thing. What happens is, you know, um, then, you know, I, I, you know, of course, the desire leads to sin, sin leads to death, this whole kind of thing starts happening in us, you know, where this little pattern desire, this move goes on. And, and, but let me paint another situation. Say I stop everything. Say, you know, I walk over to her 
and say, what if I said, hey, um, how's it going? My name's Bo. And she goes, hey, my name's Susie. And I said, hey, nice to meet you. And she goes, great. And she goes, yeah, I see you in here every now and then. You know, you come in often. Yeah, I do every now and then. You know, and you, you know, you too. She goes, yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm a, I have cancer right now. And, and um, you know, and I'm, I, I battled it. And all of a sudden, man, right when she says that, yeah. right when she goes, hey, I, I, I'm, I, I have cancer. What's the context? She's a person. She's a person. She has real issues. You know, and, you know, this is, you know, all of a sudden the, the whole, that whole little world that I painted just comes crashing down. Right. Um, and it makes me go, man, that, and she might say, you know, she might say, hey, you know, like, you know, my church, or she might mention something and you might go, wow, that's a sister in Christ. Right. Um, you know, and you know, she could utilize my prayers, Yeah. you know, not me lusting after her through looking at the mirror. Right. You know? Um, so sometimes when we're, when we're in the gym and we're, you know, pumping iron and stuff and we start sensing that we're constantly looking at that person right. and it becomes the same person that you're looking at, you know, and you know that in, in you know, you're, do you're doing it. It's probably best that you maybe, maybe you get to know that person. Right. And, you know, they might, they might, you know, and, and I always lead, you know, whenever you talk, I, I would say this is another strategy is whenever you do this, whenever you talk in the gym and you become personable and you get to know people, um, always talk about, always let them know about your spouse. You know, I always talk about, yeah, me and my wife and my wife and I, and, um, you know, this is, you know, where we're at, or this is da 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 But those things help me to just kind of defeat the, the any lust right. that could be um, going on. Right. Um, and dealing with that. And usually those people, I, I've had it every time where those people um, always, like, um, through the conversations, man, they, 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 I see them in totally a different light. Right. You know, so... Those those might be some strategies. Yeah, no, 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 awesome stuff. You know, I, I did want to address something really quickly. It kind of goes into the, the 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 comment that was made, which is an awesome comment, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, it, and it goes into two Bible passages. So when it talks about women dressing modestly in the church, there are two Bible passages that people mainly bring up, and I want to address them because they say actually the opposite of what most people read when they get to them. The first one's in First Timothy two. And the second one is in 1 Peter 3. Um, in 1 Timothy 2, Paul is addressing the idea of women in the church. And you read that passage, he says, um, he's talking about women and braiding their hair and wearing jewelry and things like that when they're coming into church. And Peter says just about the same thing in his own epistle. When you look at what they're saying, they're actually not pointing at men, meaning that they're, they're not saying to women, don't wear these things because men will be stumbled or you don't want to incite lust or you right the, that those phraseologies are completely absent from those passages what those passages are talking about is they're talking to women specifically and they're asking them to examine their own hearts meaning this why are you wearing what you're wearing so peter specifically i think he goes a little bit deeper into this and he this is the way he puts it he says beauty is fleeting so let your let your inner person the hidden beauty which is incorruptible be acceptable before god which is clothed in submission and humility this is what peter's getting at 
when you're dressing the way that you're dressing, why are you doing it? Are you doing it because your value system is based on your looks? Meaning, are, is it because of vanity? So you're wearing certain clothing to draw attention. And he says, don't do that. Don't you know that your value is hidden in Christ, right? Be more worried about what God thinks about you. And what is God pleased with? What does God find beautiful? Humility and submission, right? A desire to be, to be humble so that Christ can be glorified. So if I were to ask, if, if a lot of women and men, by the way, um, if we were to get real about why we wear certain things, um, maybe subconsciously or maybe at the front of our minds, we want people to lust after us. Meaning I wear certain clothing because I'm like, I like this particular part of my body and I kind of want to show it off because I want people to look at it and I want them to lust after it. Why? Because it makes me feel better about myself, right? It makes me feel like I have a little more value. So um, if we were to really, if a, if a lot of women and no. men, <laughs> no, no, no one ever does that. We don't do that, they do just we? Throw, we just throw on clothes and we don't even think about it. You know, I, I wish that was true. But the, the fact of the matter is, is that we wear clothing to attract attention, right? So when, uh, when Peter's addressing that, he is not saying, and Paul, by the way, he's not saying, girls, don't wear that stuff at the church because you are inciting lust in men. That's not his issue. He addresses men in different parts, right? Men should flee youthful lust, right? Don't do that. What he's addressing is he's addressing vanity. That's the sin he's addressing, right? Are you wearing that little clothing because you want people to lust after you? You want people to check you out. You want people to look at those body parts and compliment you, uh, either secretly or in private. Why are you uh, Instagramming that particular photo? Why are you posting that? Fa like, that's what he's getting at. He's like, think about that. So when, if, if a woman says, hey, you know what? I want to dress modestly, right? Get it right. Understand why you're dressing modestly. Understand why am I wearing what I'm wearing? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Am I doing it because, um, you know, first of all, I'm doing it because um, I don't want to incite lust. But secondly, I'm, doing, I'm wearing what I'm wearing because I I'm, I'm want to be worried about what God thinks about me and not what man thinks about me. I don't want to wear clothing with the specific purpose of like, I want men to look at me because that gives me my value or man i shouldn't be wearing clothing saying like i want women to lust after me so i feel more valuable right i'm going to the gym wearing this because man i want women to look at me working out and be lustful towards me or i want other men to look at me and be jealous of me right which again is true uh for for women as well where they they wear certain things because they want women to be jealous of them and what they're wearing yeah. Um, and so that that's what those passages are talking about. So let's not twist it. You know, like a lot. I've heard so many pastors twist it and again, put it on the women being like, you see right here, you know, don't wear stuff that draws attention to you because you're going to cause people to lust. You're going to cause people to lust. And like, I hate that terminology because it insinuates that it's your fault. But what right? you, you should always say to the pastors then. So you, what you're telling me is you lust. <laughs> Well, not me. <laughs> other other men <laughs> out there, so other weaker souls. I know sometimes like it's it's happened where you know you, you get that kind of idea where someone says, "Hey, you know, I don't want to like uh, after a service, I don't want to pray with a woman," mm -hmm. and you know, and I'll be like, "Why? You know, that's your sister in Christ, man. Yeah. You know, well, I don't want to pray with them because I'm uh, I don't want to you know I'm a, I'm a, uh, you know I don't want any awkward situation. I want to flee all things of." sexual immorality and then my next question is always well do you struggle you're struggling with sexual immorality mm. you know and and they're and then they'll look at me like no i just don't want to mm. and i'm like uh i don't know if that's really being honest right 
you know. Because if you really didn't struggle with any sexual lust, then you wouldn't struggle with sexual lust. Right. Then you wouldn't struggle. Then you wouldn't struggle. Then it, you could enter into situations like that and not be stumbled at all. Yeah. Right. So if I have the potential to be stumbled, that means that I struggle. And what's interesting is like, even though, even though we have struggled with pornography in our life, mm-hmm. I mean, and that's something that has tempted us and it's something that has grabbed us. Right. I, I don't, um, I just don't lust after people in the church. I just, when people come up to pray, I, I've never thought like, oh man, and got home and had some fantasy. Fantasy. Yeah. Um, you know, now maybe it's because, you know, we have, we have such a culture where we talk about our issues a lot. So right. we're, we're so knee deep in, in these open discussions and, and our, our council groups and everything like that and our accountability and everything like that, that, right. it, you know, but but I, you know, and maybe it's the, maybe the leader though, who is not in those kind of realms, who doesn't think he's got the problem. Right. He might be the one who, who says it comes off as that self-righteousness of like, oh no, I just don't want to put myself in that situation. But he might be the one who really is thinking of these things all the time. Right. That they really play with his mind. Right. And, and it's like, again, if that's where you're at, if you're in a place, if you're in a status of lust, where just praying with a woman will make you like will make you think like oh man like now she's seeing me as a spiritual leader now i can manipulate her this way now i could if that's how your brain goes first of all you probably shouldn't be in leadership right in Mm -hmm. that in that particular avenue because that's a big stumbling block for you because you're going to be in the flock yeah and that's but that's that's a fear for them that's why they're not that's maybe why they don't come out and say something right because they're they're afraid they're deadly afraid they think that that leadership is about strength. Right. Right. Where I know with like me and Bo, you know, it's, we have boundaries, you know, me and Bo, we have boundaries in what we will do with women and what we don't, but we're always in accountability with how we handle women, you know? So I'm not like going and saying like, oh yeah, I'm going to meet with this girl alone in my office and no one's going to know about it. Or, you know, I'm going to go and invite this girl over to my house alone and it's all good because I have purity. No, it's like, first of all, I'm going to have accountability. I'm going to go somewhere where people can see me. But secondly, I'm, I'm going to tell Bo. Be like, hey, man, like, I'm meeting with this girl. And if something did happen there where I started going a particular way, I'm going to tell him. I'm going to be like, hey, man, like, I was chatting with this girl. And, and then the hammer comes down. And then I You're get fired. fired man. You're done. <laughs> I get fired. You're done. Kicked out of the church. No, you, yeah. you always got to remember in leadership that when someone comes to you and confesses, it's always a positive. Right. That's what you want on a staff. That's what you want in leadership. You want people to come to confess to you. Always, if people aren't talking about their intimate lives with you, right. then you got to be concerned. And there's there's an issue. <laughs> then, then then there's a concern. So it's like you it, want people to talk about it. For all of us, you know, me me and Bo included, you know, we understand that there is, of course, there's a potential fall. You know, in me that is my flesh, no good thing dwells. That's Romans seven verse fourteen. Yeah, I know huh. that there's. There's nothing that's I have no confidence in this thing. I got no confidence in my flesh, and that's why I have accountability, and that's why I engage. So I'm I'm always self-reflective about like how is my heart going? Yeah. You know, when I'm praying for this girl, is there a hidden motive? Even in professional counseling, you know, you see professional counselors will will say, hey, they won't be afraid to ask that question. Like, hey, are you finding me attractive? Right. Like in the counseling, they'll say, hey, are you finding me attractive? Yeah. You know, then maybe this isn't the right spot. Right. You know. And and so there's nothing's wrong with us as, as leaders to be able to get with some get with other leaders and say hey you know what I you know I I did pray with this person and there was you know some something in me 
Right. And so it's best I'm not in that situation. Right. You know, and that we just go, hey, right on. Yeah. You know, great. Thank you know, thanks for sharing. You know, right. um, of course, if someone is saying that every time, if someone's if 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 Grandma, you know, you know, Mildred comes forward <laughs> at the altar call, and and I'm going, man, I'm lusting for for grandma Mildred too, yeah. you know, then it's probably, you know, we have to get this out. And yeah. So it needs to be that amputation. Yeah. That, that, is amputation. A, that is a weight that is causing you to stumble. Let's move you out of this ministry and you'll, you'll engage from this place, you know, and you'll work on your heart from here. And that's, that's the whole point. And these are tools and this works with our gym talk too, because what we're talking about now is like tools that help us out and, and, and help us function within uh, a God-glorifying culture. You know, that's what we're trying to do is create this God-glorifying culture. Uh, but even when, you know, like a husband and wife, you know, when a wife goes, man, well, I don't want him going to the gym, mm -hmm. you know, because um, I know he's watched porn before. Mm. And so now I don't want him to go to the gym because there's, there's other girls at the gym. Man, when you go down that route, mm. wow, you are going down a route of a lot of fear. Right. Um, in your heart and it could be the other way where the guy there's many guys out there that are jealous of their girls mm -hmm. and they're like man I don't want you going to the gym or if you go to the gym I got to go to the gym too and I don't want you wearing that to the gym they get real controlling right you know Very and and again fear comes up and what can really help out is if you develop a, a culture with this kind of openness and honesty with leadership with people in your life mentors sponsors whatever you want to call them but you have people in your guys' lives. So if you're a husband and wife team, wife, do you have do you have people that you can go to and talk about things that you need to talk to? And can the guy go to people and talk about things that he's he goes to? And that you trust the Lord, that the Lord's working within that wonderful, uh, those graces of God, that accountability, what we call graces of God, being an account accountability partners and stuff like that and sponsors. Like, are you trusting that the Lord is using those things to impact your spouse mm. um, so that when they go to the gym, you go, hey, yeah, they're going to the gym. But you know what? They they have their 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 all their team. Yeah. They got all that team that's helping him and talking to him. And I got to trust the Lord. Yeah. You know, those things. It's much more difficult in a situation where if someone's already had an affair. <laughs> and someone's committed adultery or infidelity or you're dating and someone's cheated on you right. um, or you're engaged and the same things happened, then, then you know, obviously there there is an incredible amount of fear right. in there and distrust and probably for a really good reason, right. you know, and at probably at that point, that gym is probably not that important. It shouldn't be that important. If you go to your spouse who's who's had an affair or or uh, you're dating a person and they've cheated on you and they go, well, I want a gym membership, you know, and you're like, well, man, I just don't feel comfortable with that, you know, not after us or not with us trying to build trust. Yeah. And they're like, no, I, I want my gym membership. <laughs> then then I think they're saying everything, <laughs> you know, that that is telling you that they are not ready yet. Right. Um, you know, because. Uh, because there should be uh, uh, on the person who wrong who did the wrong. There should be a man. I understand. I I I probably shouldn't have a gym membership. Right. You know, if that and if someone's, you know, let's face it. If someone's not having intimacy with their spouse mm. and they're and they're watching porn. Yeah. You know, 
and they're going to the gym and that's part of their lust to go back home and and self-gratify and not have intimacy with their spouse then yeah gym membership should be should be off mm. you know off limits um you know and what are the alternatives Right, chop wood in the in the yeah. yard <laughs> <laughs> get out the old axe yeah. <laughs> boom right and, uh, go old-fashioned route <laughs> that's right man and, and it's like it's like me and Bo talking about you know like the gym i think the gym is paraded as like this super lustful place but once again it's like you know when i when i go to the mall when i go to the like certain places in town yeah it's you like go to a concert or go to a concert go like, to a church you know yeah even in the church you know there's 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 gonna be um, lustful things no matter where I go because again God made people people are beautiful and my sinful heart is going to want to twist that beauty and distort it into something that will be selfish and apart from God's design Yeah. Um, and that's my sin again that's my sinful nature so no matter where you're going uh, if you cut out the gym because you just can't handle that right now it's fine but you you still need to engage you know unless you're locking yourself in your basement which again even if you do that you still got your thoughts and you still got your, your fantasies so no matter where you go, no matter what you cut off, the the uh, you got you still gonna have to take every thought captive. You're still gonna have to do battle uh, with your sinful heart, no matter what, yeah. and you will have to do that for the rest of your life. Even even in our in our culture is or our world. I shouldn't just say our culture, but our world. Right. Um. You know that's what you just said is gonna be a part of our lives right. um, till we drop, and that is we are. It's either we are gonna. Um, work the tools that Christ gives us within the body of Christ to help us to to fight these things um lustful inclinations or we're not yeah. um but in our culture it is we are inundated right. you know so when you say hey you know I'm um you know yeah I'm not going to go to the gym hey yeah you might not go to the gym but you're going to go to the another place or another place is going to find you right you know um so yeah, so it's a good podcast. A lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of stuff to learn. Um, a lot of good stuff for leaders, too, mm. and how we lead. Do we lead in a humility type of style, or do we lead always in a self-righteous way? Right. Um, you know, and I must say, it's much easier to live in a self, or lead in a self-righteous way, because it makes you look good. Right. You know, but uh, we thank you guys for listening, especially our online uh, Facebook listeners and watchers. Um, you guys get a good shot of Peter because the camera's coming this <laughs> way. So, so you guys got Peter really good, but um, and that's good because he's the he's the guy I'm asking questions <laughs> to all the time. <laughs> so it's all on you, man. <laughs> no, but thanks a lot for checking us out. We'll uh, we'll be here in a couple weeks. We uh, I go out of town, and then you do too. I do and, too, yeah. And we'll be back in a couple weeks. So, if you guys have some topics too you want us to talk about, you certainly can uh, let us know on Facebook um, at Running Light. So take care, have a great day. Check out runninglight.org to begin our two video series, Take Flight and Love or Lust. You can also send us questions on Twitter at Running Light or on our runninglight.org podcast page. Like us on Facebook at Running Light Ministries, Psalm 36 8. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your pleasures.